Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming, action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. This show normally focuses on film, TV, and streaming, but it's my show, so I'm veering off subject to tell you about my latest entertainment endeavor. Fifty years ago, when I was a senior in theater directing at VCU, I directed a production of Anything Goes at the Jewish Community Center. Fifty years later, I'm going full circle to direct it again as the Jewish Family Theater's holiday offering, playing now until the 18th of December. I'll post a link for tickets on the page for this show in case you want to come see my work. It's the A1 Minute, brought to you by Long and Foster. All right, here we go. Public input is being gathered about the possible expansion of the Greater Richmond Transit Company's rapid bus service to as far as Short Pump Town Center. That was Kelly Lemon from yesterday's A1 from the VVN. Today's show is a double feature. First, Lisa Giles is back to tell us about her latest project, the Richmond Film Network and the short film series that goes with it. That VVN I mentioned stands for the Virginia Video Network, which produces video stories and is affiliated with the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Creative Services Director Matt Pacilli will tell us how they're different from the newspaper and what kind of stories they focus on. Sifter Review of the Week The Fablemans Steven Spielberg made this film to reflect some of the highlights from his formative years. This includes his discovery and subsequent love of cinema, as well as the powerful effect his parents played in his life. Gabriel LaBelle is wonderful as the adolescent, while Michelle Williams and Paul Dano are equally remarkable as his parents. Obviously, this is a highly personal film, and Spielberg's affection for the characters and their emotions is felt in every frame. Pair this with a clean, effective script by Tony Kushner. While two hours and 30 minutes may seem long, there's not one moment where this film isn't completely captivating. Spielberg is one of the great masters of modern cinema, and this tribute to his own life ranks as one of his most effective dramas and a beautiful example of heartfelt storytelling. By the way, be sure you pay attention to John Ford's lesson at the end of the film. It shows up as a gag in the final frame. I gave The Fablemans four and a half out of five stars. Lisa Giles, welcome back to Sifter for the Ear. You're one of the few who's been on more than once. Congratulations already. <laughs> Thanks. My honor and privilege. Obviously, a couple months ago, we talked about the 48-hour horror film project, which I actually got to be a judge on and was very interesting and lots of fun. Now, because you just can't seem to sit still, you have got another project, the Richmond Film Network short film series. What's the deal behind that? There's two pieces to that. There's the Richmond Film Network, and then there's the short film series that is a project of that. So the Richmond Film Network was kind of born out of the 48. Footnote. The 48, as she calls it, is short for the 48-Hour Film Project, an international competition that gives filmmakers a chance to write, shoot, and edit a short film in one weekend. So every time we do a 48, there is always this creative explosion of, you know, hundreds Talent, of right. literally who get together and they just don't want it to end. And they're doing stuff outside of the 48. And 48 is only once a year, twice right. for Richmond, actually, since we do a horror also. But it was a way to keep the creative community connected while they're doing other stuff. So there's an app where people can join. They can put their specialty, whether they're, they're a director, an actor, a cinematographer, or a screenwriter, or whatever they are. And if they're looking for other people to support their projects outside of the 48, they can go in the app and just look at oh, cool. the database okay. and find their people. 
Yeah, so yeah. That's the network. And then the short film series was kind of also a way to support those projects that they're doing outside of the 48. So for those films that are longer than seven minutes that are required for the 48, that's a way that they can submit and hopefully get selected to screen in a wide release first run theater. Right now we're using the bow tie for that. Now let me ask you one thing, because you mentioned it, you may or may not have done the math. The typical 48 hour film project how many people? Because I know there's probably, what, 30, 40 films, and each one of those has at least 10 people on it. So we're talking hundreds of people, literally, right? Literally hundreds of people. Pre-pandemic, the number of teams that we would have would usually be between 45 and 50 teams per year. Wow. Post-pandemic, we're right around 32 and there's so much, I mean, it, you know, we've only had two since coming out of the pandemic. So, I mean, the interest is just, I, they came back with a vengeance. They're yeah. ready to create and, and to do more stuff. And let me tell you, the quality is getting better and better and better. I'm really impressed with what they're doing. That's great. Now, let's back up a minute and ask you about Lisa. What is Wheelhouse Productions and what's your background? Why did you decide you want to do all these film festivals? Well, because it's food for the soul. I see. You know, you know this. You're creative. <laughs> you do this too. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's. Yeah. And I also realized very early on in my career that I was not the person to be in front of the camera. I was better behind the scenes. And me too. Yeah. That's where I realized my role was, was in producing programs, you know, directing uh, programs and events and supporting the creative community, especially for those who are in front of the camera. So that feeds your soul. How do you feed your stomach? <laughs> I, I, I have a lot of stuff that feeds my stomach. I'm, I'm right now focusing on real estate. So real oh, okay. estate okay. So that, that's what feeds my stomach. Okay, good, good. Okay. I assumed you couldn't make a living off just doing these film festivals. No, unfortunately, that's usually the case. And right, so right. No, there's, there's more. <laughs> so, so what does Wheelhouse do exactly? So Wheelhouse is an event production company. And right now, Wheelhouse is the company behind the Richmond 48-hour film project and the Richmond Film Network. So how did you get to Richmond? I am an Ohio native, but I have been in Richmond uh, ever since college. I went to VCU and I've been here ever since. Well, I actually, I moved away for a period of time and I came back. I am majoring in what? Uh, I was an English major. Oh, good. I was That's going always... to be a theater major, but again, <laughs> I, was, I learned I'm not supposed to be the one in the front. So Right, right, right. Well, and you can never go wrong with an English degree because people always need people who can communicate. So. Yes. Now, I noticed on your resume that it mentioned Family Feud. You were a recurring guest. What's the deal with that? I was on Family Feud for three episodes in 2019. And they're, from what I hear, they're still airing today because every time they air, I get somebody sending me a text message saying, hey, Lisa, we saw you on Family Feud. So it was the Giles family? We are known as the Swain family on Family Feud. Swain or Swang? Swain. Sw Swain. Okay. Got it. Okay. S-W-A-Y-N-E. Swain. Yep. And was that fun? I mean, did you go out there and do that? Were you just a, I mean, you didn't have anything to do with production. You just were a guest on the show, right? Oh yeah. We were guests. We were competing. We won big money and yeah, went out to LA for, it was about a week. We auditioned in Louisville, Kentucky and uh -huh. got selected and went out to film in uh, LA and it was an amazing time. Met Steve Harvey and had a, had a blast. So what is one of the things about something like that? Because everybody's familiar with these shows. What is something about that that you got a little insight into this? Oh, I never knew they did this. Or I didn't realize we had to have this done. Or what was there something about it that was a surprise to you in the process? Well, I think the biggest surprise was just how 
talented Steve Harvey is, honestly. So, um, you know, when you're in production, you kind of know what happens. You know, there's lots of starts and stops. You know, there's lots of coaching and you know, you know, when that light goes on, you're supposed to cheer as loud as you can, you know, so you kind of, you right. if you're in production, you know that it's scripted, you know, the, the applause and the cheering that that is kind of scripted. So I was prepared for that. I, I knew that that was going to happen. But like I said, when they were not filming, Steve Harvey entertained the audience the entire time. And that was, wow. he did not have to do that, but he was giving stand up, He was giving coaching and, you know, motivational speaking. He was just, he never stopped. I mean, it was incredible seeing all of his talents, you know, off screen while the cameras were not rolling. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Cause usually you'd assume, okay, the star goes off, has a cigarette or whatever, and then they come back when it's time to get right. back on. So that's cool. That's cool. How did you get started with the 48 hour film project? Cause that's been a long time now, right? I have been doing the 48 since 2017. It right. feels like longer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but since 2017, I had created and was producing and directing the high school state championship in film through the Virginia High School League. And you remember I had you as a guest there along with Ellie St. John, who were guests for that event. And Right around that same time, Ellie St. John was ready to give up the 48 and we had formed a connection and she had suggested that I take her place and the rest is history. There you go. Great, great. The first showing of the Film Network short film series has already passed. How was the reception and uh, what's the plan for the next one? Jerry, it was amazing. It was amazing. We had three filmmakers from Richmond who were there and who took part in the Q&A and screened their films. And we also had two films from Iran and one film from Los Angeles. And they were very well received. We had people unexpected who I didn't expect to show up, show up. You may have known that Swagger was in town filming. Footnote. Swagger is an Apple TV series based on NBA star Kevin Durant. It was shot in Richmond. Uh, All right, right. Second season and uh, so many people from the production of Swagger came out to wow, great. be part of that. We had people from Hampton Roads come out, you know, who drove all the way from Hampton Roads to be there and to see and support. So I, I think it was very well received. I, th I think the quality of the films was had set the bar. And yeah, the, the next one, the second series is for December 14th. Also at Bowtie Movie Land, we'll have two Richmond filmmakers for that. We've got uh, one from Tennessee, one from Florida, one from Norway, and one from India. Wow, that's impressive. It really is a little mini film festival going on every month, practically. It is. It's a, it's a way to get out and, and see some, you know, s support the independent film community and to have something to do in the middle of the week, you know, and, and get some fresh content that you're not going to see anywhere else. There you go. So I've been talking with Lisa Giles, who is the, what is your title? Are you executive director, creator, producer? Uh, all of those. Okay. Yeah, this is Lisa Giles who does everything for everything on these projects, but she is the, she, the, we've been talking about the Richmond Film Network short film series, and I will have a link to this on uh, the webpage at TV Jerry too, so people can check out the next one in December on the 14th. Thank you so much, Lisa, and I'm sure we'll be talking again when something else comes up. Thanks so much, Jerry. That was Lisa Giles. The Richmond Film Network short film series will be on again December 14th at Movie Land. There'll be a link on the webpage for this show. Now for our second feature, let's talk with Creative Services Director of the Virginia Video Network, Matt Pacilli. Matt Pacilli, welcome to Sifter for the Ear. You are the Creative Services Director for the Virginia Video Network. What is VNN? So the Virginia Video Network is a creative video and 
content platform initiative slash business created by the Richmond Times Dispatch that complements and supports some of the work that the photojournalists on the Richmond Times Dispatch side do and allows for additional creative content and additional local content to be created and monetized as well through the platforms that we have, whether it's social media or our streaming apps, which are you know what we're kind of most proud of, would be the streaming apps on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, or the mobile streaming apps as well for Google Play and Apple. So you can download those, those Virginia Video Network apps, and daily we are putting in new original local content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Now, I noticed you said dispatch, and I've always said the Richmond Times dispatch. I've never gotten that debate solved. What do you know? I don't know anything that you don't know, Jerry. I don't think. Um, We haven't had that conversation that wasn't part of orientation. I plead that I'm (laughs) from originally upstate New York. And so you have to take some of the things that I say kind of with a grain of salt in terms of Southern pronunciations. I do Uh say y'all, but that's <laughs> probably uh, the extent of my uh, southernizing, if you will. I think everybody says y'all now. What is your background? How did you get into uh, doing this show? I have a degree in journalism and mass communication from back when you edited a lot differently than the way that we edit and produce videos. Now, I went to St. Bonaventure University And my class was the first class to have the experience of a television studio. And I remember there where we had a dedicated room that was nonlinear editing. Oh, it was all very like, (laughs) oh, he's in the nonlinear room. Oh, boy, he must be working (laughs) on something really special. Footnote. Nonlinear editing is a computer-based way to edit with files as opposed to the old film technique of actually manipulating the film in a specialized machine. So how did you get from all that into the Virginia Video Network? I moved to Virginia in 2008 and uh, was with the Salvation Army. And so kind of if you look at my background immediately, like in the last 10 years or so, it would be nonprofit fundraising. However, I've always been that guy at every job that I go to where I say, hey, when do you think we could start shooting some videos? And we had an opportunity with the Salvation Army in Norfolk, which is where I started in 08, to produce a local program that aired on a cable affiliate. I moved to Richmond in 2013 and in 2015 began producing the video series and podcast Coffee with Strangers with Kelly Lemon. Oh, I did not know that. So you're the guy behind the scenes on that show all this time. I'm the guy behind the scenes. Yep. It's me editing that all week or, you know, doing what I do right, right. with that. She has the easy job where she sits down and has coffee and she, she'll <laughs> admit to that. Footnote. Coffee with Strangers began in 2015 and produced over 125 episodes featuring Kelly Lemon chatting with people across the Richmond region. I'm not formally trained. Like, you know, my degree is 20 years old. We don't use any of the equipment that we learned on, but I have a passion for it. I have an interest for it. And I think to some degree, um, my skills have grown with the times to be able to produce this type of content that we're looking for, as well as execute on the business strategy and create those opportunities for the sales team to sell, create the collaboration with the newsroom. What would you say? Is there one or two stories that stick out that are like, oh, this was really cool, or this was something unique that nobody else covered? Or Yeah. We did a really great episode of 8 at 4. So 8 at 4 is kind of our flagship, if you will, 
weekly news magazine program. Let me just explain one second in there for those who can't see it, because obviously we're on audio. That's eight ampersand four. So it's like the area code 804, but also eight at four. Yeah, it's a play on the area code of 804. And so what we do with this program is it's eight unique segments every week, which right now it's me producing it, which is a heavy lift. To That's be a able lot. To get yeah. Eight. But back in late September, early October, we did one celebrating Pride Fest that was that weekend. And so we did eight stories all on LGBTQ plus community members uh, here in Richmond who were doing great things. And it was a celebration of diversity. It was a celebration of inclusion. That episode, I'm really proud of and how that came together and the stories that we were able to share. And in some cases, they shared stories, how they overcame some of their prejudices, if you will, of Richmond to be able to move to Richmond or live in Richmond and how Richmond is as accepting as it is, despite some of its terrible histories. Now, the other program that you have that's not just once a week, but every day, the A1 Minute. Tell us what that's about. Yeah, so the A1 Minute is a great program. It has nothing to do with the steak sauce. Nothing to do with the steak <laughs> sauce, no. It's a play on uh, page A1 of the newspaper. Of course, uh, right, newspaper right. newspaper folks, front page is page A1. Got it. And so really what the A1 Minute is meant to do is to deliver top three stories, a little bit of information about those, in a minute-ish. We run about 90 seconds, maybe a minute 45 at times, but it's meant to be quick news, all positive. We're not going to get into crime. One of the things that we've heard so often, and I think people is just so often in conversations about news is that it's negative, it's depressing. And so we really try to share the positive stories, the stories that someone could get involved with, the somewhat stories that someone should quote unquote know about. And so that's been really great. There's two sponsorships for that. We produce that every day. We have another sort of spinoff of that, which I really like, was one of the um, programs that I conceived called A1 Extra, where we talk with a reporter from the Richmond Times-Dispatch about a story that they did and go a little bit deeper and go behind the scenes. And so that has led to an evolution of the Virginia Video Network now producing an A1 Extra, not just for the Richmond Times-Dispatch, but for the Roanoke Times and for the Bristol Herald Courier. So we are doing some centralized production out of Richmond to support those other newspapers that are part of the Lee Enterprises family here in Virginia. That sounds like a lot of work. You're doing a lot of things every day and every week. How big is your staff? We're a staff of three. Wow. Okay. And there's two of us who edit. Now, I know that the Times Dispatch was doing, or the Times Dispatch was doing some video stories before this network came about. How are those different from what the Virginia Video Network is doing? They support the stories that journalists are doing, that the writers are doing on that side, and kind of execute on the goals and initiatives of their photo and video editor, James Wallace, who's been with the paper for a long time and is excellent and well-respected in the in the community. And he kind of sets the agenda for those photojournalists. So they do stories and videos that really bring, I would say, to life in some cases, the writing of a reporter. And right. so it actually gives you that opportunity to hear the voice and see the face of the subject that they've interviewed in the story that they're telling. 
what we do is separate from that and that we get to identify our own stories and say, I'm going to do this this way and are not sort of bound by, like I would say, when you watch a photojournalist story, and this is one of the things that I really admire about the work that they do, they don't use any music because that's just not news. Right, you right. wouldn't put music in a news story like that. You wouldn't see that on any of our local affiliates. Right. And they do such a wonderful job with that. And I've enjoyed experiencing that the way that I have, that it's pushed me really trying to interpret that piece as not feeling like I need music to drive it. And so I've enjoyed that different look that it gives me. But again, we can produce all kinds of different stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be relevant or topical. So it doesn't have to be an article in the paper, essentially. Is what it doesn't have to be an article in the paper. Right. We do have a really great collaboration with news, I would say right now, where I do work with them pretty frequently to say, hey, this is what I'm going to shoot, or this is a story that we told. Can you put this up on richmond.com and you know make sure it gets some visibility as well as they'll send stuff to us and say, hey, can you shoot this? Because in some cases, you know, we get to be an additional shooter on that side, or we will produce something that's like a bit more creative. Some of the food and beverage stuff that we've been shooting, you know, that's not the type of news that really is driving subscriptions or readership, but it's valuable content that could be created. I'm able to go do that and I'm able to provide a creative look to that while our photojournalists are covering some of the more hard-hitting, some of the other stuff that's out there. I know you mentioned a newspaper and I'm still one of the old school. I actually subscribe to the Times-Dispatch. I know that reading it every day, most of the ads are for hearing aids or erectile dysfunction or retirement homes because the audience is notably for the newspaper, probably over 50, if not even older than that. I would assume VVN is aimed at the younger audience, and that was kind of one of the reasons they launched it. Yeah, VVN is definitely created at the younger audience. That's why we try to produce some of the content that we do. The Virginia Video Network and the types of stories that we tell and the where the places that we place our content is certainly driven at a younger audience. If you want to watch any Virginia Video Network content, you're available to watch that. It's in front of the paywall. We are a step or two removed from really trying to drive subscriptions for the newspaper. All of our content is in front of the paywall. You can watch it at richmond.com slash VVN. And what that means is it means it's free. That means it's free. Right, yep. It. Okay. And you can watch it on our streaming apps. I'd prefer you watch it on our streaming apps and download those. But you're also, again, watch it on richmond.com slash VVN. You know, we're blessed to be able to do what we do and share the stories that we tell. We, we think that they're resonating and we think that they're having an impact on the viewership. We have over a million views a quarter on all of the content that we produce. We've been excited by the growth that we've had to date and look forward to so much more to come. You know, we're only a year old and still kind of finding in some cases what's the most valuable things to producing and what resonates the best. Now, we have all of the millennials and all of the Gen Zers who are coming behind that, but we were still, our generation is still sort of on the front of that. The stories that we're able to tell and the way that we're able to tell them, I think is very compelling. And I think it's what I believe in. And I think that it's a story that a lot of cases, the way that we tell it is something that is a little bit more approachable than you might see on your traditional five o'clock news. You could argue that it isn't necessarily 
relevant and that I've just come in and forced you this story, but I haven't picked it out of the blue. It's a story still that we think is worth you knowing about and helps create a positive culture here in Richmond and Central Virginia. Well, speaking of compelling content, this has been a compellingly interesting interview. So I want to thank you again for joining me with the Virginia Video Network. Thanks so much again, Matt. Thank you, Jerry. It was great to be here. And thanks for this. And congratulations on all the success of Sifter. That was Matt Pacilli, the Creative Services Director of the Virginia Video Network, taking us behind the camera. There's a link to all of the outlets to access the VNN and more on the webpage at TV Jerry. Coming soon in theaters. Spoiler alert. Jim Parsons and Ben Aldridge are lovers, but the twist is that one of them falls very ill. White Noise. Adam Driver stars in the latest from Noah Brumbach as a college professor who faces his mortality when his family has to evacuate their town. Loudmouth, a documentary about Reverend Al Sharpton. To the End, a documentary about four women and their four-year fight for climate change legislation. The Inspection, based on the novel about a young gay black man who joins the Marines after being rejected by his mother. Ronald Dahl's Matilda the Musical, a title pretty much sums it up. TV and streaming. Season 4 of Doom Patrol on HBO from the DC comic where they once again have to save the world. Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix from the acclaimed director who presents his version in stop motion animation. Emancipation on Apple. Will Smith stars, so you can make up your own mind if you want to see it. He plays a runaway slave. It's directed by Antoine Fuqua. Something from Tiffany's on Amazon. Zoe Deutsch plays a woman whose life is upended when an engagement ring leads her to a new love. His Dark Materials plays its final season on HBO. You can subscribe to this podcast by going to tvjerry.com, click on the podcast tab, and there's the link. Next week, we'll have the first of a two-parter featuring the chief operating officer of Bowtie Cinemas talking about the past and future of Movieland. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. For more sister, including literally thousands, thousands of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.